0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rhino will is your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. But isn't that what we say all of the times? Well, that's because we intend to always make that a reality. And you know why it becomes a reality? It becomes a reality because guess what, folks? Because you all, you all are here. So therefore, if you are here we're gonna have a great show, so let's go ahead and get started. For me, introducing my peeps: Eric Hayes from Kingwood, Texas. Uh, let's see, Bridge MCP from <laughs> Bringtown, Bringhamton, New York, Upstate New York. Patrick Baron is from originally from Florida, but he has since moved to Texas, I believe. Uh, we also have Melanie Keeling from barcelona spain we also have lee grant from uh montgomery county we also have of course the one and only el senor michael Rutten from brooklyn new york how are my peeps doing who did i miss who did i miss i'm going through the list again to make sure that i didn't miss anybody i got patrick baron i got eric hayes i got every body yeah my, eric hayes nails it Ask Egberto anything this weekend was a male fest. Our women abandoned us. And you know what was the worst part about it? Tom C in the house from Mid Michigan. Let me tell you what was the hardest part about it, guys. After after the show, I think it was the day after, I don't think it was the same day. But Bridge MCP sends me a picture that all but destroyed my manhood this woman took apart a washing machine and put it all together you know there are it is like i i i how did you do that yeah i know tom too much testosterone we had in the uh, ask igberto anything this time around i hear you brother i hear you well maybe you can soften it a bit if you come up with a good limerick you know we are we are limerick deficient right now. Limerick deficient. Limerick deficient. Anyway, let me go ahead and start reading uh, some stuff here. Michael Rudden says news from the last week that I missed. The Guardian. Alabama condemned for ni- for nitrogen gas execution. They intended to torture him. State slow and agonizing execution of Kenneth Smith using an untested method labeled as cruel by experts and advocates. Smith execution by nitrogen hypoxia. Took about twenty-two minutes, according to the media witnesses who were led in the room by a correctional facility. You know, let me. I want to stop right there. I want if look. I am against the death penalty. Okay, but they're going to issue the death penalty. I want you guys to think of a gas that kills people all of the times, without them knowing, without them having any feelings of anything happening. And you know what that gas is called? CO. Carbon monoxide. CO. I've been hearing this nitrogen thing, nitrogen thing, and thinking, my God. Yeah, they. It, I didn't say this out loud, but it was like, my God, it's almost like they want to torture somebody. Because, you know, when you are breathing atmospheric pressure, right, at atmospheric pressure, your regular air, about 70-something percent of that air that you're breathing, Is actually nitrogen. That's what our atmosphere at this level is made mostly of, nitrogen, about 20% or so oxygen, right? So, you know, uh, you would think that the person, given that carbon monoxide has a tendency to knock folks out pretty early on, you know, that it would have been the more humane gas to use if you're going to execute and murder somebody naturally. So I tend to believe that statement that you have there. Smith's execution by night uh, rather uh, was uh, was in, was intended torture. Anyways, uh, Smith was fitted with a face mask. He used sign language to say I love you to witnesses in the viewing room and his final statement he said, "Tonight Alabama caused humanity to step backward. Horrible, but I think I can predict the near future. I'm sure the red states will end up with the Russian method of execution their prisoner, but two in the back of their heads. It's quick, painless, cheap, and efficient." The next step after that would be to reduce, deny appeals, and increase the range of crimes that call for capital punishment, not a slippery slope, a predictable outcome. The conversation will shift from how horribly the red states uh, states are executing people to why they're executing innocent people. You won't have to wait very long, people. You won't have to wait very long. No van a tener que esperar por demasiado tiempo para escuchar eso. Uh, yeah, that 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 is a uh, news from last week, El Señor Rodin. Good one. All right, Eric says here's a, uh what the White. Oh, wait, first Patrick Baron said, "Good afternoon, Egberto, my friend." Chat and mods, it's chilly here in the free fascist state of Florida. So you are in Florida. I thought I had that right. There you go. All right, uh, Eric says here's what the White House is saying about the more return on impro- approving natural gas exports hubs. Instead, those would-be buyers, whether in Asia or Europe, would likely look to producers in Russia or Qatar, for example, in their scramble to fill the unexpected gap in their forecasted supply. Energy sector experts told the DCNF the U.S. produces LNG more cleanly than most other nations. Dan Kish, a senior research fellow from the Institute of Energy Research, told the DCNF, uh, meaning that a move prompting buyers to look to countries to produce LNG in less uh, clean fashion is a move that effectively increases emission. The pause on approvals won't bring down emissions at all because, of the US, because the U.S. produces LNG with the least environmental impact of just about every other country on Earth. Kish told the DCNF, Russia and Qatar are clearly the driver's seat as a result of this decision. David Blackman, a 40-year veteran of the oil and gas industry who knows, rights and consults on the energy sector, agreed with Kish, telling the DCNF that it is profoundly absurd to claim this action will do anything to curb emissions. I'm of two sides to this, and I I, I think I tend more to agree with this statement that Eric Hayes, I'm an environmentalist. Let me just put it bluntly, okay? I'm an environmentalist, and I believe in getting things better and better each time. But I think I have a tendency to agree with what they're saying here, assuming it's true. Assuming it is true that of all the countries that produce natural gas and mass. That we are the ones that produce it with the least amount of carbonization to the air. And let me explain. But I, you know, I can't say this in my environmental circles, of course, because they'll throw me out the room. But the reality is that America not shipping LNG, right? If other countries will ship LNG and notice what I said, ship LNG, because here's the thing. We, have to build an infrastructure. Uh, if we're going to go on to massive LNG shipments, it requires the building of an infrastructure. So, this is why I say I above two minds. If the reason we're saying is temporarily increase the damage to the environment so that we don't build additional infrastructure to deliver the product, I get it. But if this stuff is going to be done for the next foreseeable future for a long time, and we do it cleaner, the article actually is right from a mathematical standpoint. And these are complex things that you have to do. Now, here's what I think, you know, let them build their LNG plant and deliver the LNG, whatever the case is, as we fight to, to bring it down all together and eventually let them lose their investment, right? Let They lose their investment if we make a a huge and quick transition, but again, it's a multi tier approach but um that that is not i mean we, we should not discount what uh Eric just placed there in the feed at all because uh, you have to think these things through its that the same thing applies to nuclear energy right uh nuclear energy, if you calculate mining for uranium, processing uranium, taking uranium to the plant uh storage you have to figure out what are the cons or above. Does the current amount of CO2, methane, and all these other things from the fossil fuel industry create more damage to a human organism than a nuclear plant in the middle of New Mexico? There are a lot of there are a lot of practical things we have to take into account until we go fully green. And the transition, I think those of us in the environmental movement have to be let me see how to say this in the environmental movement i believe we must be uh able to tell all americans all people of the world how we get from step one to step two remember we used to burn wood for energy and that would have gone on until you know so that is my point so you know it's pretty complex in 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 how to approach it, etc., etc., etc. Let's see what else we got here. Let's see. Good, good for him. Controversial podcast host Joe signed a new deal with Spotify for up to 250 million dollar. The show is consistently Spotify most popular. Yeah, but again, he's not worth the 250 million dollars to talk. Look, um, the truth of the matter is, I could put anybody into his seat. And given that the same kind of opportunity, look, i guess uh term, i got it right uh the, the 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 how should i put this anybody who can speak and who is aware of in my case aware of world e- political events in the case of gro uh rogan uh sort of popular culture. Every single one of those seats are very, very replaceable, okay? And uh, there's nothing inherently special about Rogan other than he has branded himself that somebody else can't and hasn't branded before. Now, that there, that he holds up for, let's say, $200 million is his right, and I think it's okay for him to do that. I just think, however, for our economic system, we have to find a way To recover, because the only reason they're paying him that two hundred fifty million dollars is not that they are somehow taking it out of the pocket of this corporation; they're taking it out of the pockets of the millions of people of which they transmit that signal to. And let me tell you who's not paid: the ones that are not paid for what Grogan does is all the people that laid the fiber cable that got paid once, all the people that made the technology that he uses to be able to get into the homes of people all over the world, including satellites, etc. They weren't, they, I've sent those guys, there is no Joe Rogan. But our economic system does not reward those who created the platforms that allow a Joe Rogan to exist. And I'll cover that in one of the videos, believe it or not, one of the videos that I have is actually gonna cover something similar to that. Okay. All right, let's see what else we have here. Uh Bruce Pollard says, thinking of sane ways of killing is not sane. Oh my god, you just knocked me out, you just knocked me down, Bruce. I was just saying, you know, uh I don't want a guy to feel pain, that's all. But no, I don't believe in the death penalty. So you don't have to hit me too hard on that one. All right, let's continue reading what we got here. Yvette Avery-Herrod is in the house. How are you doing, beautiful? Great to see you here. Uh, Patrick Barron says math is always right. And, you know, Patrick is absolutely right. Uh, Bruce says the best approach is conservation as much as possible and using renewable energy We're practical. Agreed. Lee Grant says fracking has been net beneficial. Not really. And let me tell you why, uh, Lee. The actual outcome of fracking... We will have to live with it after we are off of fossil fuels. And if you want the perfect example of that, check out the interview I did with Bill. He's running for Texas uh, Railroad Commission. His name is, uh, let's see, I'm looking up. I don't know why I can't remember Railroad Commission. uh, Let's see. He's running for Railroad Commission, uh, and I'm going to give you his name right now. I want you to look up the show that I did with him because it's easy to say the net results of fracking has been good, right? Uh, but here is the problem. After the frac, after the fracking fluid and everything has been extracted, Bill Birch, go to my website, politicsdoneright.com. Go to my website, politicsunright.com, and look for Bill. Birch and listen to that interview because he's an oil man, but he also understands what's being done. They're fracking and then taking the fracking fluid and sticking it into the ground and the idea being you you pre- because you need space, you need to put it into all the interstitials in the in the rock. The idea is you have to put it under enough uh, just enough pressure or rather less pressure than it would take to break the rock that you're putting it into, right. The problem is, you don't know about the fraction of the fractures in the rock or any other defect the rock may have. And as it turns out, that's exactly what happened in West Texas, near Fort Stockton. And now you have a lot of brackish, poisonous, radioactive water coming out of the ground in the middle of nowhere, and the fracking is long gone. But all of those results from the fracking... All of us are going to pay for it now. The socializing the expense while they 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 capitalize the profits that they made off of those wells. In fact, Bill Birch was telling me the story as he's driving down. I don't remember what highway, and he sees this uh, gauge with an old oil tank that was sealed. Oil, I mean, oil well that was sealed, and he looks at the gauge and he says, "I sure hope that gauge is wrong, because the pressure that was in that particular." dead well, meant it was eventually going to blow. Listen to that interview. It's a good interview. So when you say that uh, fracking has been a net positive, it has been a net positive in this time period for quite a few corporations. Now, all the junk that they left behind is going to be for us to clean up. I don't know how good that is. Okay. I don't know how good that is. All right, I'm scrolling down. I have a good interview that I did. Uh, let's see. Peggy Lopez, how are you doing, Peggy? Great to see you. Mike Cisak, how are you doing? Great to see you. Uh, Mike Cisak says, Michael Rudden, without animal life, you wouldn't have plant life. This is a synergy between livestock and plant life. That is not true at all, Mike Cisak. That is a, cal- look, that is an actual fallacy. I don't know who told you that, but if you take a look at how evolution occurred, it's it sure as hell. Didn't start with animal life or anything like that. Uh, It started with, yeah, one cell organisms. uh, But all these kind of animals that we're talking about, that's not how it started, sir. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Uh, We won't go fully green without a disaster. Uh, You know, that's sad though, uh, Bruce said that we have to wait for a disaster. Peggy Lopez is also in the house. Uh, Did I miss anybody new that came in? Anyhow, uh let's see, let's see um uh, bing, betterbing, bing, uh okay, I tell you what, let's go to our interview. Uh, let's go to an interview, and Mike C sex stuff it. you know, let me tell um, I'm going to go to the interview, but I want to just say one thing to Mike Cssek. um I tell you, I went to elementary and all but my last two years of high school. In Panama with panamanian teachers and they were likely the best teachers on the planet. We had to learn history from around the world we had to learn the, the chemistry physics uh biology cell animals on cell dan- i mean uh, uh, not on cell uh, 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 we had to learn everything packed in those first 10 years of school. We learned so much that when we went to the school in Cocosolo, which was the American school that they didn't want Panamanians to go into because we spoke funny, code word, we were melanated. This is uh, the Americans in the American government in the Canal Zone in Panama. We wanted to get those schools integrated. And when we went to those schools. I just want to let you know, we were, we, the the melanated kids from Arcoiris who went to go to these schools. We were like going to a party for two years because everything that they were doing, we had already learned. Not only already learned, but we were good at it. We were so good at it. That the first, I think, either 12 or 14 positions of my senior year went to the class that came from Panama, the ones that came from Arcoiris. And that was just because of the level of teaching. In other words, we weren't teaching just for America. We were teaching we, in school in Panama. We learned the world, and not only the world, but all the sciences. So uh, I think before you make statements like that, figure out who you're talking to and how it came about. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to um, uh, this interview that I did with my brother, Mustafa Carroll. Mustafa Carroll,
1: former head of care, but I know he got reabsorbed into it again. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you, Mustafa.
2: Uh, Okay, Uh, a little bit about me, born and raised in Gary, Indiana, come from a family of four boys. My father was a steel worker, my mother was a nurse, left Gary after high school, attended Indiana University, where I did my undergraduate work in psychology, met my wife there, got married in Indiana uh, over 40 years ago. I had two kids in Indiana. Then we moved to Texas uh, where I was working in health. I was at uh, Dog Coach Regional Blood Center. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, director of Aparisades on Mobile. She got recruited to work in Dallas. Worked in Dallas for like 17 years and then got recruited to come back to Houston. And
1: that's when you probably saw me. That's when I met you yep. I and ironically, we always talk about six degrees of separation. It turns out that the woman that you're married to is from the same country of my origin, yep. Panama. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Sabroso. <laughs> Sabroso. <laughs> there you go. But I any, love it, too. I, I know, I know. And you love all the good food. Lucky you. And best food. Yes, but here, look. You are, you are the former head of CARE in Houston. Yeah, what uh, is CARE? Former,
2: well, CARE is the, um, the largest Muslim civil rights organization in the country. Uh, we protect civil rights for Muslims. Uh, we're advocates. Uh, we not only engage with Muslims, but we actually uh, this event here uh, reminds me that we did a lot of immigration work, a lot of social justice, a lot of criminal justice reform. Uh, we've been involved in almost every aspect of social justice you can think about. But we're primarily, uh, our goal is to, to, to serve as a civil rights advocate for Muslims, and we helped him. We want people to understand the Muslim community, so we have to bridge understanding between communities and with communities.
1: Now, um, you're you're you moved to Dallas uh, a few years ago, right? And and uh, you claimed that you were going to be a retired person. Yep. Turns out it's not quite that way. What has happened?
2: I moved to Dallas, and people said, Well, are you going to work? With Kea And I said, no, I'm retired. The very next day, they asked me to be a consultant, which was Lightweight. It wasn't too big. Uh, and so I did that for maybe a year. And this recently, November, November 1st, I got commandeered yes. to help them. The former executive director, they had left, and they asked me to, uh, to help them reboot Care DFW.
1: So I'm back with Care. It's like being in the mafia so. <laughs> Well, I tell you, you know, they, they keep dragging, dragging me drag in. in Yeah, Al Pacino, <laughs> right? Yep, yeah yeah. But, but anyway, um, the, the reason I wanted to talk to you is What's occurring right now in the Middle East Specifically Israel and Gaza And before we get into it I want to make a subject to the people that are listening Being anti-what's going on Has nothing to do with anti-Semitism And you should not allow anybody to shut you up when you're attempting to just talk humanity. Yes. Let's remember that. Anyway, I want to hear your uh, what your thoughts are on what's occurring in Israel right now.
2: Absolutely. Well, most of the people here, the way it's been framed forever, and it didn't just start October 7th, but the frame is that uh, Israel has the right to defend itself. That's not arguable. Anybody can say that. But unless you understand the history of what's happened in Palestine. For the last 75 years, uh, it's been to to oust the Palestinians from their homes. Uh, You have a lot of human rights uh, abuses that have been going on way before October 7th. And then October 7th, and Hamas attacked Israel, and Israel's response has been well over the top. I mean, it's not even an appropriate response uh, and, and people don't know that it is an occupier, one of the worst uh, occupations that we've seen in modern history, that there are over 300 and something checkpoints, that you have children being uh, put in prisons. And now we're seeing what
1: appears to be the, uh genocide in our own time. Actually, by definition, I mean, I, I, it's not arguable. I mean, some people would like to make it an arguable position. It's uh, not, not an it arguable might. position. Yeah, it is uh, Definition that is what we're having. By definition, Gaza and the West Bank are apartheid territories.
2: Absolutely, you know, you don't, I, I, and people tell me, ask me, they say, Well, you know, because there's similarities between the civil rights period, right, of uh, the Jim Crow South, and that. But when I examine it, it's even worse than what happened in Jim. I mean, if you want to say that, because in Jim Crow South, we could drive where we wanted to drive, right. We didn't have uh, places that I couldn't drive. Not, not by law. Uh, we didn't have a thousand mile, twenty-six foot high wall that was like is the open is the largest open air prison. We didn't have uh, our children. Be, well, yeah, people were getting shot and killed, but now we see it wholesale. We didn't see them putting the level. It's the level of things that we're seeing now
1: in Gaza is just well poorly. Laws had the semblance of equality. The laws did, if it weren't for the people, but the laws had a semblance. It wasn't real. Not, not,
2: not great, but it ain't a, a semblance. It's a
1: semblance of it. No, it's now not there's even not even equality. a semblance.
2: They right. No equality. They, they can't vote. They're second class or third class citizens at best. Uh, And I don't know why people are confused when they understand what's going on.
1: Well, I mean, I, I and that's where CARE and a lot of other organizations should come in. In my humble opinion, in that most people are good people, most Americans are good people. The problem is most people are also ignorant. Absolutely, they don't understand the genesis of places. They don't understand the genesis of conflicts. Absolutely, what should we do? Because, like I said, one of the things that I, I I tell people now more, and it's it's necessary, is do not allow any anybody any identity to co op co op a word. Yeah. What happened in uh, in Germany was a genocide. It was a Holocaust. It was horrendous. Absolutely. And there's no doubt that. Uh, but what the current Israeli government and pre- previous Israeli governments are doing in Gaza and the West Bank and in Israel proper is outrageous.
2: And what is worse about it? One of the things that really hits home uh, for me and has for, for a long time. It's like we're we're giving three point eight billion dollars a year to, to a country that doesn't need that support. We're giving them all the state of the art weapons. So most of the, the, the common folks, when they hear that uh, uh, the way that it's been framed, they think that this is a war of equals. So right. It's not even a war. It's a rout. Right. It's not a war. You got one guy, group got homemade weapons,
1: rockets and made of pipes
2: pipes and stuff like that, and the other group has
1: everything that we have. 2,000 pound bombs. I
2: mean, 2,000 pound bombs. More bombs being dropped in Gaza now than what was dropped any other place for over a period of years. We're dropping on a place the size of New Jersey.
1: We have to start trying to uh, have folks recognize what humanity is all about again, because I, I think what happened is when you dehumanize a group, uh, when you you oppress that group or apply violence to that group and nobody sees it for what it really is. And I think that's that's one of the things that we have And
2: to learn one about. of the things about oppressed people is that other folks, I don't know why, but they, they tend to wonder can't believe the response. I mean, I remember during the civil rights yes. moment, there was just a period t- There was a time they should have known that there was going to be a time
1: that their people were to. Talked about. I don't know why that's surprising. But, well, know. well, that's the reason Martin Luther King was successful to some extent, right? Yeah. The fear that eventually the sleeping dog's going to wake up. Yep. And the sleeping dogs woke up because let's look at our founding fathers, right? Yeah. The, the the founding fathers were sleeping dogs that woke up and affected. Well, in in today's world, would the founding fathers be called terrorists? Yep. They would be called terrorists, and they
2: would call it some. Our Kinds of things back then, but they would definitely be called terrorists, they would be called uh, insurrectionists. Because they went against the people. current government, right? And you remember they had famous sayings like "Give me liberty, or give me" or death. "Give me death." Yeah. And the Boston Tea Party, right? Uh, was to, to protest no taxation without representation. All those things. Now, historically, people look at it and say, "Oh my God, that was that was so heroic." But it wasn't heroic to the British. Right. It was an insurrection. To right. The British. It was going against the government. You know, those things that we, we, uh, we look at now in a different way.
1: So let me ask you, um, what should we, Mustafa, be doing? First of all, to educate the people in America to the truth, not the narrative, to the truth. And why this is also a danger for us. You know, we look at it as, well, we are bigger, we are more powerful. But this is actually... A danger to every single American citizen, what we are allowing to occur in uh, Gaza and the West Bank.
2: I was on a program back in the end of November called Beyond Gaza, meaning, what are we going to do next? What's going to happen after this? And for our country, look, we, we are no longer, we have no no longer, since, and I told them, they asked me, what about our moral compass? I said, we don't,
3: don't have one. We
2: don't have a moral compass. We're losing our standing in the world. People are seeing this, and and this is emboldening other groups to do what we have done. We're leaders in the world. So when when they see that the, the a large, the, the most one of the the most powerful country in the world has no moral compass, then what does that say to the rest of the world? That means that whatever they do, the thing that we work we were, uh, upset about the Russians invading Ukraine at the very same time that we said that um, this thing with Gaza has been going on for centuries I mean for decades been going on for decades with our blessing that we are complicit in the murder of over almost close to 30,000 people Wantedly, we are complicit we can no longer say that we are the democratic, the moral leader of the world. We're not. We haven't been for a good while. And so what we have to do as a community and this is a long distance race, It's not a sprint. What we have to do is consistently educate people as to what is really happening despite the fact that you're going to be called anti-Semitic, that you're going to be called enemies of the state of Israel and all this other garbage. If we're not enemies, I speak the truth.
1: Now, uh, let me me just tell you that all this this info that we talk about when we talk these issues I make sure that this is is sanctioned by my Jewish friends I have a lot of Jewish friends that I pass a lot of my wordiology by to ensure that we are in fact saying things correctly and the vast majority of my Jewish friends have, have told me Egberto, what you're doing by trying to spread the truth to the American population. There's nothing anti-Semitic about it. We cannot allow others to make one believe that speaking up against a right-wing evil Israeli government is somehow anti-Semitic. It is not. Absolutely.
2: And and the narrative now is that they've conflated it. Right. They've conflated anti-Semitism to be anybody who speaks against the state. Israel. Right. And, and and if, and you know, Jewish Voice of Peace was outlawed uh, and several other Jewish organizations internally, their own people. Right. And, the, and let me say this, there are lots and lots of Jewish folks who disagree with what's going on. It's actually a, a plurality. Large, a large majority. A yeah. large, I don't know if it's a majority, but it's a large group right. of Jewish folks who disagree with what's going on on the, humanitarian
1: basis. It it is amazing. Uh, There there are many coming out and said, oh my God, we were indoctrinated. Yes. That's what they've said. They've said that their leaders have indoctrinated them and no more. The the biggest biggest, uh, risk to the Jewish people is the current Jewish Israeli government.
2: And it's been going on. The the sad thing is, uh, if there's a silver lining behind it's that now the whole world is seeing (laughs) it the, the downside to the silver lining is, look at the price that's being paid.
1: 28000 and counting.
2: And counting. Now, look at what's happening at home. We have around 3,600 cases, civil rights cases in the last three months. We have that many cases because this stuff is getting back home. So people on their jobs are being discriminated against. If they say ceasefire, if they say free Palestine and God. God forbid that they should say from the river to the sea. I didn't know that that had
1: any meaning except free the people in Palestine. But it's but it's deeper than that because it yes. turns out that the Likud party that's in their platform from the river, river to, the to the sea. In other words, they are if they believe that phrase really means extermination. Um, yes, that means that that's what they stand that's for. That's
2: what they think it means for them. When you say Palestine will be free. From the river
1: to the
2: sea, in in their opinion,
1: that means you you want to
2: see the state of
1: Israel. Well, I think it, people should be educated to understand that from the river to the sea actually, for most Palestinians, actually mean we don't want to be removed from our lands, no matter where it is, and we don't want others, meaning the Israelis who are who've been in that land, or I should say the the Hebrews who've been in that land. That's that's fine as well. And now, the, the injustice of all of this, they can't
2: return, the right. Palestinians can't return, and this is not just Muslims, this is, the, some of the earlier uh, opponents right. of the state yeah. were Palestinian Christians, right. and, and and those folks cannot return, they're having their homes demolished, they're, those that aren't demolished, they're confiscating lands, giving it to settlers, people who've never been been there before, people coming from New York and Jersey and other places in the world, that they're just and, and you got to look at this and understand that there's there's no intention in my humble opinion that the state of Israel wants to see any peace at all. My, my what I see happening is this is the biggest land grab of of my, in modern history. You know, and, and as I was telling people before. There's absolutely nothing that they're doing in the state of Israel that we didn't do here first. Exactly. If you look at our our pedigree, what happened in this country, we killed all the we tried to annihilate all the indigenous people. We took the land, we, we
1: murdered them, we marched them from Alabama to, to
2: Oklahoma. I the mean all trail of
1: things. tears. I, again when you talk about moral compass, you said we're losing our moral compass. The question is, when did we have a moral compass? <laughs> we can say we have a moral Compass. The moral compass is are the individual people in America who have always tried to do good. That's so it. our the, the plutocracy in this country has never had a moral compass and the government was always an heir to the or rather a a a, a frame of the plutocracy.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
1: anyway, we gotta close out here. So give me a quick closer. Do you
2: put- <laughs> I am I am begging to as much as you can on both sides of this issue, especially on the Palestinian side because it hasn't been talked about in the, in the public square. We've only heard one side of it and, and the other side, that side has done a, a magnificent job of shutting down any information on, on the Palestinian side. And those folks have suffered for over 75 years to 50 year block, oh, 15 year I think, block I can't advisor, no medical, I just saw, saw a, a, a documentary showing the challenges that they have to go through medically. Before October 7th, they, were, they had no power, no water, no, all these things are happening. And now it's what I call white supremacy on steroids. It's white supremacy on steroids. Everything that's happening there has happened here, but now it's happening here. On stage, on stage, we have to praise
1: everyone. Mustafa, Carol, thank you so kindly for your frank conversation.
0: I love Mustafa. We go back a long time. He was uh, I've interviewed him before uh, when we had our old KPFT store. He was the executive director of CARE, a very important civil rights organization for Muslims. And uh, again, another frank discussion that we had there. Another very frank discussion. Good talk, Egberto, says E2247. Michael Roden says, pardon, found an alternative link. Actually, I got the link up for you. The one that shows the amount of greenhouse gases to raise cows. Actually, if you want to be honest about it, raising cows uh, generate more, more, uh, what is it? Their damage to the environment, to the atmosphere, is actually larger than cars. But again, we're not going to go there because you go there and people are going to say you want to stop them from eating their steak. Don't want to do that. All right. There are other ways around what we want to do. All right. uh, Let's see. Chuck Pinaccio. Great interview with Mustafa Carroll, brother. Hey, Chuck, how you been, man? Haven't seen you in a long time, my brother. I trust that you're back in Pittsburgh. I think you were on the West Coast and you moved back to the East Coast. Let me know. Let me know. All right. Uh, para Parabet, para ver. Paul Fleming says the president alone cannot fix broken immigration laws without Congress. Blaming President Biden or the secretary of Mallorcas or anyone else for this simple strategy. Uh, it's wrong. That is true. Egberto, that's not the same image on the screen. This one might be uh, harsh, though. Check out before putting up. Are you trying to get me in trouble, dude? Oh yeah. No, I'm not putting that one up. Hey, you crazy. You want, what do you you want Facebook and YouTube to do to me, dude? Come on, man. Hey, Washington DC. Great. Great. Um, we got to talk Medicare, uh, healthcare for all. Uh, Chuck, let's see what else I got here by missing anything from anybody. Okay. Bruce says that, uh, my, what's her name? Uh, is on my site. Uh I I I think he, he probably mean he put a blog up there or something, maybe. Uh breaking news, Taylor Swift makes Egberto's like website. You know, I like Taylor Swift now. You know, I like Taylor Swift. Some people think her music is too cheesy. I I I there's just some, I mean, I don't I don't go and follow her songs, but every now and then she comes up in my feed and I actually like her songs. I like her tonality, I like her. Now she comes across like a little innocent 30-something-year-old. I like it, you know. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh parabéns, parabéns, para 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 All right. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to play another video for you. I want you to... Uh, yeah, she's a self-made billionaire, but again, she follows the same... She follows the same thing that I had to say for Grogan, right? Um, I am I am happy that that these are popular people and they are good. I mean, and by the way, they would hate me for saying this God, They love what they're the way they they make money and and they're doing nothing wrong. They're following the the rules of our economic system. But the rules of our economic system allow a few to accumulate with those who actually allow for said accumulation, no compensation. So actually, I was going to play. Let me play the billionaire. The. I'm gonna play both of them right after the other because uh, I only have the time to play them one after the other. So I'm not gonna stop in between. Let's go ahead and get started. First, we're gonna talk about the uh, billionaires, and then we'll talk about. Uh, well, let's go. Just go ahead and do it. Let me just shut up. Let me go ahead and do it. Let's go to Brad. Come on in, Brad. How you doing? Hey, Bruno. Hey, uh, you're. Uh, to, to, I'll talk about the bail, but first, you're saying that the
3: CEOs of corporations really shouldn't make all that much money or
0: what would you say it's it's a theft and if you want to go into details i can detail that for you
3: oh well let me ask you this Uh um, you had a guy who started his computer company did very well he got kicked out pretty much mm-hmm. company got almost into the ground and then steve jobs comes back and makes the company better than ever you're mm-hmm. telling me that he Shouldn't have been making as much money as he did. He absolutely not.
0: Absolutely hard. not. Steve Jobs didn't do it. Let me, l- look, let me tell you something, okay? And this is a fallacy that well, he the, didn't the court...
3: do it when he was there. It was good when he was gone. bad. Brad, was there, Brad,
0: it was Brad, Brad. You miss you misunderstand what I'm saying, okay? You misunderstand what I'm saying. I am saying absolutely nobody. And and let me just say one thing real quickly, Brad. You see the passion that you just showed. For that rich guy uh, that you are ready to go down my throat for saying something that says this guy doesn 't deserve the billions that he have, that kind of a mentality is what destroys economies it's what 's destroying our economy and let me explain why uh, not because the person that came after Steve Jobs was kicked out of the corporation, the corporation went under it means that that correlation is. Why Jobs deserved the monies that he got? He didn't make that money. He may have made two or three good decisions, and I won't doubt that at all. But many people made good decisions. The people who worked for him made good decisions. The people who invented the stuff that he puts together made good decisions. It's not Steve Jobs' success; it's the composite wait, success of the company, sir.
3: I'm about to destroy you. So you're saying, wait. Tom Brady was with yes. the Patriots. Yes. They won Super Bowl. He left yes. the Patriots. Not only did the Patriots not win any Super Bowls, when he went to Tampa Bay, they won a
0: Super Bowl. So you're am, telling me uh, Tom Brady was uh, no. no we, I am ball. agreeing with you. I am agreeing with you. Wait a minute. Uh, he was the catalyst that made each of those teams. You're absolutely right. Oh, now, does he mean... it was me- a team effort. It was a team no. effort. And then there was a the coaching. No, hold on. That. Hold on. Hold, one on hold on. Hold on. changed everything. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I am not disagreeing that this guy is better than the guy before, etc. That he is better doesn't dis- say he deserves all the compensation because absent the person blocking for him, his skills could not be realized. And those are the things that I people don't that I try to get folks to understand. I, I am good at what I do in engineering. I, re, I wrote some software that made the RS-232 do things it wasn't supposed to do. If I followed the capital model, I would be a billionaire. But you know, I don't believe in the capital model because I understand I'm being built on the backs of many others who came before. I'm built on the backs of all, I'm built on your back. I came from Panama, you're a Texan, you pay taxes. Because you pay taxes, I had a hell of an education at the University of Texas. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate you. And that is what's missing in this country, understanding that we need us all. And none of us are that good That we deserve the billion dollars that these guys are attaining and extracting out of the economy. That's where I'm coming from, sir. And that is a very, very important thing that we got to understand. You know, these guys that are the front persons that do all the collecting of the money, that's the face. That's the face of success of hundreds of thousands of people doing their part. Now, when I talk about there being a defect in the economy, that's what I'm talking about, that we have a system that compensates the front person, that compensates a person with the, that has the face to the public. That person gets compensated. But all of those who are the act that allowed the existence of those people, they don't. And that's what we have to understand. And In fact, I went ahead and, you know, he gave a lot of kudos to Steve Jobs, right? So I, I, you know, I had forgot to say this, so I went to, and when I wrote the blog for this video, I said, I addressed the caller's reference to Steve Jobs' success leadership, successful leadership at Apple. The caller, Brad, asserted that Jobs' return to Apple and the subsequent revival of, and success of the company justified his enormous earnings. I emphatically disagree and argue that the success attributed to figures like Jobs is not solely their own, but the result of collective effort. Job's failure to make Next a successful venture was not mentioned in the exchange. We, I forgot, but we, had to, we must realize, if he, if he is an absolute great person require, who did well all the time, then Next would have been a big success. Next is where he went after he left Apple. Next would have been a great success. Next was a big failure and other ventures were failures. So he had the wherewithal, he had the the structure or the the, the friends or the connections that allowed him to fail and fail and fail till he succeeded. How many Americans have the opportunity to fail into success? Not many. So what I'm trying to say is it's not a, we don't envy what these people do. Uh, I, I mean, it's, Taylor Swift is beautiful. She's great at what she does. But I can find you in my wife's church where she's a deacon. I can find you 50 women in the choir who sing just as well as as uh, as Taylor Swift. And of that 50, I can show you 10 of them that are just as what we define as beautiful. As she is, okay, but things lined up perfectly that she was able to monopolize on all the structures of society that actually allowed her to use her what she got to get ahead. but anyway, let me play this other one real quick, and then we'll get started but I hope you understand where i'm coming from guys it's a concept that we were learned that we learned to ignore it's a concept that we were. Indoctrinated not to know. Check this out. a line number two.
3: Yes, sir. Um, first off, Texas has a contract with a corporation run our jails. And part of that contract is a minimum number of inmates, or else the state is fine. And, you know, we need to get away from that because I bet there will be a lot less criminal if. You know, there's no incentive to incarcerate them. And that's one of the uh problems with the criminal justice system
0: is incarceration has been corporatized. Cesar, let me tell you something my brother. Uh first of all, you nailed it on on the jails, right? I don't know if it's a penalty they pay it's just that they have a minimum uh, a minimum amount that they contract for because the way the corporations see it is for us to be profitable, we have to have X amount of beds being paid for. It's like having a hotel. Every hotel has a number That says we can be profitable at 70 percent fill rate or something like that. So the jail system is just kept like a hotel. Right. And that hotel has to be filled. Whenever you privatize the commons, whenever you privatize Look, the corporations are not doing anything wrong, Cesar. Nothing wrong. Their goal is to maximize profits for their shareholders and to maximize executive bonuses, etc. That's the job of a private let corporation. It, let oh, but wait, let, let me finish. That's a jo- You're correct, sir. Yes, sir. That's the job of a private corporation. It is the reason why a private corporation should never, ever, ever be in certain parts of our social being. They should not be in jails. They should not be in health care. Things where... We should only be dependent on what needs occur and not generating a need. For a corporation who is in a jail system to be profitable, they have to generate a need. And when that need goes down, meaning if the crime rate goes down, they are out of business. So what do they do? They need criminals. In the healthcare system, it depends on sick people. Do we want to be able for people to be less sick? No, we need sick people to make a profit. Therefore, the private sector model doesn't work in healthcare. It doesn't work in jails. But they won't tell you that and they don't want you to think about these things logically. Why? Because if you think about it logically, then they can't do the things necessary for them to make profit, which is what their job is. But what that means is at your cost. And that is where, in, in these programs that we have here, where people can freely think, that's what we do. that. anything else you want to say?
3: I wholeheartedly concur with everything you said because I don't understand and I don't think anyone will ever explain it because they don't want it known. When it comes to a corporation, they'll chip away at the foundation while enhancing the root. Exactly. The foundation is. You know, for the same, you me, everyone who is at the bottom earning, you know, salary, minimum wage, whatever, versus the C-suite executive, the vice prince uh the vice executive do
0: you understand what i'm saying so yes let me just tell you this because you bring up something that is so so darn important that i need to address you said why are they going against what the means what actually is the one doing the work that is because Remember, I mentioned the Powell memo. Look it up when you get a chance. You can go to my website, EgbertoWilis.com, if you want to learn about the Powell memo, etc. But here's the interesting thing, right? We were indoctrinated into thinking some very silly things, like uh, the reason we need profit is because people are inherently greedy. So therefore, if we take away certain levels of profits from corporations, that somehow uh, we won't get innovation. But you just gave the answer to that, uh, Cesar, And here's the answer you gave. Wait a minute. The engineer doesn't get all these bonuses, etc. He gets a salary. The secretary doesn't get all these bonuses, etc. I'm talking in the aggregate here. They get a salary. So the people who actually innovate... They aren't the ones benefiting from those big profits. They aren't the ones that get the bonuses and the dividends. That tells you that innovation doesn't require the excessive profits that is received by the executives who do very little or the shareholders who are passive users of said income. You nailed it. And that is what we have to deprogram from people's minds, that these guys are job creators, No. Cesar, do you have a job? You are the job creator. Yes, sir. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. All right. You have a great day, my brother. All right. Let's go to Johnny. Come on. All right. And and that is what's important for us to really think. By the way, Bridge, I don't have anything against Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is playing the game exactly as it was designed. What I said is that our economic system has a flaw. I mean, Taylor Swift is a wonderful person. I want her to go out there and reach the masses and get them to vote and and make them happy. I want all of that. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is our economic system allows her, uh, that platform to do that and make that kind of money on that platform. You know, so, hey, fine. You know, uh, my thing is, None of these people are doing anything wrong. Bill Gates not doing anything wrong. Uh, 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 Elon Musk. None of these guys are doing anything wrong. They are playing the game as it was designed from the founding of this country. And all I'm saying is that the game was rigged in such a manner that most of us can't get what can't get paid for what we contributed or are worth. Again, like I I brought out all when you go to a Taylor Swift concert or a Beyonce concert or any concert from these guys, the elaborateness and all these pyrotechnics and all the engineering that goes into this. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, again, Breach, I get it. I really, I, I swear to you, she's a great person. I do not, dis- I am not saying that at all, but you know, and I, I, I want to say it this way, but I, I, I don't mean it this way for Taylor. But I mean it for the average billionaire, not Taylor or other good billionaires, right? But if I pick your pocket and give you back some, wow, it looks good, right? That is like the the, the guy who gave uh, 400 fully paid scholarships, fully paid scholarship to some doctors in, in, I don't remember what, university, right? Oh, he paid their entire doctor bill, their, their entire uh, medical school. But how did he make his money? He make his money through gentrification, throwing other people out of their homes, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's where he racked his money up. That is, and that is a little bit that he gives back. But we'll talk about that another day because it is 4.02 and I got to get out of here. But again, I love Taylor Swift. I think she's a great young lady and she is playing the game as she should, given the game that she has to play. Now, I would like to change the game. I would love to change the game so that all of us who produce, all of us who do something in society, you know, uh, do something from society can actually do it. Her money was stolen from her. That occurred too. her. uh, A lot of the money that she acquired was taken from her in a stolen manner. I agree. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. I want to thank. All of you, thank you for reminding me, Mike Csak. I gotta get out of here. My name is Egberto. Can't even ask, do my ass today. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Oh.